Welcome everyone to another edition of the Equally Responsible Opinion Show. I'm Curtis Sheehan. To my left is not Victor Greenwood. Got tired of that guy's face. We got <laughs> one of the Kevins. Kevin Figures is with us today. That's going to come back and bite you. <laughs> it probably will be. He'll be very upset. Um, haven't seen you in a while. Glad yeah. that you're here. Been a uh, bit. Third podcast in the week. Well, you're knocking them out, aren't you? Grinding through. Uh, if only I got paid for this. <laughs> uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we got KD and Draymond squashing their beef. LeBron's upset. We got some Dodger fans upset. Yep. And uh, if you're on OnlyFans, mm. ooh, do I have some bad news for you? Uh, but first, we're going to get into it. The Rams. Man, like, first it was the fans. Yep. Now, now it's the players, but the Los Angeles Rams and the Las Vegas Raiders are doing joint practices. Got into a little fisticuffs. Got into a fight. Had to be canceled. Uh, Figs, you're way more into the know about this than I am. Can you just tell tell me what happened? Well, this happens a lot of times in camp when players see a different jersey. They get a little rambunctious here and there. And so <laughs> what happened is the day before, so the Raiders are in town in Los Angeles. They have these scrimmages before they have the preseason game on Saturday, I believe it is. But we know the starters are not going to play. So really the, the only time the starters can get their reps in are now during these scrimmages. So there is a little fisticuffs, a little dust up the day before come to today day two after the coach has already told both players clean this stuff up we need to keep this clean they started fighting again like within the first half hour 40 minutes <laughs> of practice so john gruden now from what i understand sean McVay was like maybe we can play on through this and john gruden said no nah, we're through we're not doing this i'm oh, tired really? of this we're done so the we're thing done that, the, the thing that gets me is we are less than a week removed from that ugly fight in the stands between yeah. fans at the rams game that was one that that was like we went viral and documented. Like, there were there were many others, by the way. Oh, were there really? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. So we had callers into our radio show that told us that they saw other fights in front of them. So let me okay. So let me ask you this: We had that fight in the stands at SoFi. We had the Aaron Donald skirmish with the Cowboys. Right. Then you had the Dodger fans like getting mad at the Astro fans throwing stuff. And now you had this. Mm-hmm. What's going? Is it just? Is it L.A.? Is it the Rams? Like, oh, just, what, what's going on with this city? Well, first of all, there's a lot of different things, a lot of different reasons. First of all, guys in the trenches, Aaron Donald going after offensive linemen, that's going to happen. Yeah. Like that, 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 the mix-up happens there. You get a bunch of drunk fans who have not been to a football game in over a year. By the way, not been to a football game in L.A. for 30 years, yeah. whatever it's been. You get them all converging together. Uh, from what I understand, the experience, there was mixed reviews on the experience at SoFi. The food sucked. That's the parking situation sucked. Heard that. People that paid for club seats, basically the door didn't lock, so people were able to just walk in and out of like other people's suites and all that. <laughs> so That's it, basically like an L.A. thing. Though. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so nightclub it, type thing. Yeah. So it, it wasn't the greatest experience from that standpoint. So And then when it comes to the Raiders, the Raiders fight everybody. So that, that, <laughs> that comes to the territory. And then Dodger fans. Wouldn't you be upset with the Astros, too? Yeah, true. So, so I get it. And especially, by the way, if you were an Astro fan and you went to one of those games, you knew what you were doing. You were walking you, When you walk it, in yeah. wearing an Altuve jersey, you know you want all the smoke. Exactly. You know exactly what you were looking for. So I look at it from because the thing that happened to me, about you talk about the game day experience, was the question that we were all asking was, where was security yeah. at SoFi? But it is interesting that like since L.A. hadn't had a football team for so long, and since the Raiders were a team that we knew the owners did not want to relocate to Los Angeles right. because of what their fans bring, they're like they're playing out here in the preseason, and then they're playing the Chargers during the regular season. Mm-hmm. So Raider fans are coming, absolutely. And then not only that, you want to talk about fans not going to a game? 
How about fans in Vegas who are going to see a, a stadium for the a football stadium for the first time for a full season yep. with NFL? There were fights there last weekend too, by the way. Oh, there was fights in the league. Oh, of course. Come on, you can't be surprised by that. I, the first Raider home game, absolutely. But see, it I'm don't su- matter where they are. I'm su- okay. I'm not surprised that Raider fans are fighting. Actually, let me say that. I'm surprised because it wasn't documented. Okay. Like yeah. when we saw what happened at SoFi, right. I had three different angles. Yeah. It was the angle from the woman throwing the soda. Uh-huh. It was the angle from the Aaron Donald dude slapping people. It was the <laughs> high up angle. If you, if I didn't know any better, I thought that was top rank boxing. Yeah, yeah right. I thought like, this was- La Jolla and Golden Boy Productions had something to do with that. Like, yeah. That was Showtime. They had some melt looks. <laughs> yeah, that, that or like a WWE vibe. But some, it starts with the drink being thrown. You know, then here comes the steel chair. Where's <laughs> <laughs> Macho Man off the top rope? Okay, so then let me ask you this. As we move forward with both the Raiders, who have a history of fighting, and now with this change in, like, L.A. where we're seeing all these fights happen, and then with the Rams, like, is this a good or a bad thing for the Rams? Like, because we always had, like, Sean McVay is like, oh, he's going to outsmart everyone. Mm-hmm. Boy Wonder... He's going to outsmart everyone. He and Jerry Goff, now Matt Stafford, are going to outsmart everyone. But is it to the point where you have Aaron Donald, you have Jalen Ramsey, who's a huge trash talker? Are the Rams going to this direction of, like, I'm not going to say bad boys. Like, I'm not going to, like, that because the Raiders hey, on that narrative. Hey, look, they have Marcus Peters going to the stands and start <laughs> who-banging on people. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. asking what set you from and all that. Like, they had, they had him and Aqib Tlaib on the team at the same time. <laughs> so, we're talking about thugging it up. Maybe. I mean, but you have to have a bit of an edge on your team to be good. Yeah. So, especially on the defensive side of the ball, if there's a bunch of guys like that on offense who are maybe not the most stable, that might be an issue. But you want guys who are a bit aggressive, you know, who will bring a bit of an edge to you. So, if I was building a defense, as long as they're not doing anything ultimately to hurt me, it's not like Aaron Donald was getting personal foul penalties every game. No, he's not. If it's happening in a practice, you'd rather it be there than be in a game. So that doesn't bother me. I want to have guys like that on my team. Yeah, I like trash talkers like Jalen Ramsey or someone who's going to knock over five dudes by himself and Aaron Donald and start <laughs> something. That's what you want. Yeah. I want that for my defense. I always feel like whenever you look at a city, uh, it's always you know the the football team or you know in some cases baseball, basketball, but whatever the biggest sports team, it takes the identity of the city. Yeah, and you know with L.A. being like Hollywood and glitz and glamour. I think that's kind of when they first moved out here and it was Todd Gurley was in every commercial. Yeah. All that. And Aaron Donald's in a lot of commercials. It was like, oh, the Rams are going the Hollywood route. Mm-hmm. But now I'm looking around going like, yo. No, uh, they about <laughs> to go the South Central route. Yeah. Like, it's like, like you're going to Inglewood. Okay, you guys move to Inglewood, but like, y'all really like. <laughs> I mean, it? look, there's still. always up to no good. You can have a little bit of both. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you still have Sean McVay. Matthew Stafford is as like, the, as little hood as you can get. At least. Yes. So they have some guys who are pretty buttoned up, but then they got the other side of the ball. It's almost like two different sides of the ball have two different personalities. You have the Hollywood, the buttoned up like Cooper Cup, even Robert Woods who went to USC, well-spoken guy. You just nothing hood about Robert Woods. No. But you go to the defensive side of the ball, it's a completely different beast. Yeah, they got some people who will punch first. They will mess you up. Yeah. (laughs) I do not care. I do. I did find it funny, by the way. Jalen Ramsey uh, and Hunter Renfro had a little thing. Oh, so I was trying to figure that out because Jalen Ramsey tweeted out, "I'm still trying to find the play where Hunter Renfro burned me." I guess the media asked him about it after the shortened practice uh, today, and he got a little upset by it or was a little perturbed, and then followed that up with a couple of tweets. 
because all the story were that came out the yes, yesterday was that Hunter Renfro burned him like four times or something. Really? Yeah. And I like Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I, same. I, I understand like short, small, white receiver. We all right. thought, oh, Patriots, yeah, exactly. for sure. Yeah. But yeah. coming out of Clemson, it's like, oh my god, this kid's like. And he really made big good. catches. He was a good, good player in college. Yeah, made big he won catches. the national title game. I'm gonna say, like, made yeah. huge catches in the big stage, and then he goes to the Raiders. Like, okay, I can and he's see been that. productive and been very good for them. Yeah. So okay, so I like I like the Rams. I like what they're doing. But same. Let's just talk about your Raiders for a minute. Okay. Because. Yeah, all the trash I was talking about, Raider fans fighting and all that. Let it be oh, known yeah. that I am a Raider fan for yeah. the record. For, for, not just like a bandwagon Raider No, fan. no, no. I've been yeah. my entire life. They were the L.A. Raiders when I was born. And so I, that, well, they left. I never did. Yeah. So, <laughs> you you know? stay. Yeah. So the thing that gets me about the Raiders is I'm looking over here. And you got Derek Carr saying a couple weeks ago, I, can, I want to play another 15 years, play into my 40s. And then I look at him like all these predictions that we have where the Chiefs and the AFC West are picked to win and yep. the Chargers picked to come in second mm-hmm. and the Broncos were, you know, picked to come in last. But John Gruden, he's about to be on my all-time uh, ski mask team. Yeah. Like, he is over there robbing the Raiders. They never should have hired him to begin with. I ten, said this from day one. Ten-year like, contract, yeah. $100 million. Yeah. Hasn't made the playoffs yet on the second Gruden. Haven't sniffed it. And they have, uh, they've tanked the second half of the season in the last two years. I think they've started six and two and six and three the last two years, and they've tanked at the very end. Brand new stadium in Vegas. Yeah. So what's the re- direction of your team? Because as of right now, it looks to me like John Gruden got the bag, and he's still going to be there for a minute, and well, he hasn't really done much, in my opinion. I respect this at least because people say, "Oh, it's a win now league," and if you don't turn things around in two or three years, you have to leave. I think that's how you get yourself in a vicious cycle. One thing I will say about Mark Davis, I don't like the fact that he selected Gruden. But I like the fact that he selected someone, gave them as much time and leeway as possible to destroy it from the bottom, which is what he did. He released all those players, high-priced players, and tried to build it back up. So he's trying to give John Gruden a long enough leash to build the team and the vision that he wants. There's not a lot of teams that are willing to do that these days. So I'll give him credit for doing that. But 10 years? 10 years is a long time. 10 years? 10 years is a long time. Because I'm even... I feel like Kyle Shanahan signed a six-year deal, and when he signed that with San Francisco, people thought that was a long time. Right. And it is. Usually, these NFL coaching contracts are like four years or three years in an option. Yeah. That's like your typical NFL head coaching contract. But I do like the fact that you bring a guy in and you want him to implement his system, and you have to give it time. Now, maybe 10 years is a lot. And by the way, if, if they don't win, if they go 2-13 and 13 or whatever it is this year, 2-15, and 15, He's not going to be around that much longer. You think so? so yeah. Like Mark Davis will cut him loose. Like Eventually. After year seven. Yeah. It's like if it's year seven and they haven't made no progress, they haven't made the playoffs, they're a middling 500 team like they were last year. Every year. Yeah, you can't. No. I'm looking at like Sean McVay made a Super Immediate Bowl. turnaround, yeah. You know, Kyle Shanahan made a Super Bowl. So that, it's, it's, it's that type of thing. But you look right. at John Gruden where it's like, yeah, he went to the Super Bowl with the Raiders, won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, then he steps away, mm-hmm. does the whole ESPN analysis thing. Comes back, yeah. has this big contract, and I'm looking around. I'm going, okay. Little to show for it. Derek, four years, like Derek Carr. You're still looking kind of the same, no. like maybe no. worse. No, Carr had his career year last year, stats wise. Uh, their defense was so bad last year. That's what really held them back. They had a top ten off. The only thing offensively that hurt them was red zone. The red zone offense wasn't very good, but their defense the last couple of years has been atrocious. So they get rid of uh, Paul Gunther. They bring in Gus Bradley from the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, bring in a couple of veterans on defense, draft more defensive guys, and hoping that they're going to – if they were just halfway decent on defense last year, they would have made the playoffs. 
easily. They would have snuck in as well. They, I don't know how much damage they would have done, but right. they would have made it but for they sure. Got in there. So they're, they're hoping now they did retool their offensive line this offseason too, and they got rid of a lot of really good veterans. So they have young guys up front. But if they're hoping that if they can just do what they did last year on offense and just be a little bit better on defense, they'll have a chance to make the playoffs again. Okay, so let me ask you this. As the roster is currently constructed, and as we have less than a month before week one, let me ask you, Kevin Figures, longtime Raider fan, where do the Raiders end up this year? Probably seven wins. Seven? I think the Chargers are going to be better, and people are sleeping on Denver. Now, the quarterback situation is an issue. Yeah. Everything else is not. Their wide receivers Their receiving good. core is amazing. Their defense is going to be better. Von Miller is back healthy this year, which is huge for them. Yeah. Uh, they have a, one of the still one of the better secondaries in the entire league. Got to see what, ha- what happens with Melvin Gordon. Right. Can he hold on to the ball? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, my thing is – the quarterback just needs to not make mistakes, which is why I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to end up winning the job. Yeah. And, and I believe Vic Fangio said they're going to make a decision after this weekend. Most likely to me it's going to be Teddy because Drew Locke will throw it up for grabs, throw interceptions, be right. indecisive. Teddy Bridgewater might not win a lot of games, throwing for 40 touchdowns, but he'll, he'll get you 22 touchdowns. But game, he'll, game manager. But he'll throw seven or eight interceptions. I'll take that. Yeah. So I'll take a guy that won't lose it over a guy that tries to win and tries to do too much. See. So I think I think Denver can actually end up winning nine or ten games this year if things break their way. I think Denver and the Chargers will be battling for the second spot in the West. Huh. Okay. Well, you brought up an interesting point to me when you said you'd rather have a quarterback that will win it instead of a quarterback that will lose it. Yeah, I'd rather have a quarterback that won't lose it. There we go. Okay. Over a quarterback who at times can win it, but also I don't want Jameis Winston. That I was going to ask. Okay, yeah. that's where, that's I would rather I have Teddy Bridgewater. If I'm just using, using you tangible examples, I'd rather have Teddy Bridgewater than Jameis Winston. No, no, let's keep it. Let's keep it. Let's go there. Who would you rather have, Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston? Now, Taysom Hill is limited, but because for that exact same reason, I think I'd probably rather give it to him. Because I trust him more. I know what his – I think I know and I feel like he knows what his limitations are. Jameis is like, I can throw the ball 90 yards. I'm going to throw it 90 yards and hope somebody runs under it. Yeah. You know, because, look, even a couple of years ago, the Buccaneers could have made the playoffs easily. He turned the ball – what, did he throw 30 interceptions? He, he, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I, that's like video game. How does yeah, that even 30, happen? He, he was the 30 for 30. Yeah. He was 30 was like, for 30. If he had just – and I think his last pass as a Buccaneer was at pick six. Yeah. He threw like four pick sixes that year or something <laughs> like that. If he had just had five fewer interceptions, they would have made the playoffs. Yeah. That tells you just the, the – and he threw like almost 40 touchdowns. Yes. So it's like I'd rather you not – how about you just give me 14 touchdown passes and six interceptions? I'll take that over 40 touchdown passes and, and 35 and interceptions. We'll go from there. Yeah. Like not asking you to do too much. Yeah. I look at it with the Saints QB battle where I'm like, okay, Taysom, you really can't do much. Right. And like if it gets to like a third and long – I don't trust your arm to throw, and you're probably going to run. He has limitations. And then yeah. when I watched the preseason game when they played the Ravens, both quarterbacks look bad. Yeah. And, like, they each threw a pick, and there was fumbles. Like, the Saints yeah. as a team had six turnovers. Right. So, it's, I was looking at the, you know, we were talking about this the other day. I was looking at the Tennessee South, like, I, I know people don't want Brady to, to win another one. But Who's going to stop him? I mean, the Falcons don't look good. No. Uh, the Falcons are decent. The Panthers. The Panthers, I no. think. I like Matt Rule. And people hate Sam Darnold. I think in the right situation, he'll be okay. I don't think he'll ever be great. But he's better than the player he has been with the Jets because yes. it's the freaking Jets. What do you expect? Exactly. So I think Carolina, I don't know if they're going to vie for winning the division. I still think it's going to be Tampa Bay and everybody else. But I can see Carolina and Atlanta somewhere between six and nine wins. So I can, I can see like Carolina taking like a minuscule step forward. Which I think they won six games last year, considering the fact that Chris McCaffrey didn't play right, yeah. 90% of the season. So I can yeah. see them taking a little bit of a step forward. 
Saints, I think, take a huge step back. I agree. Their defense is terrible. Offensively, they don't look that great. Outside of Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, who knows how long he's going to be out. If he ever even returns to the team, That's they might point. end up trading him. That's a good point. So this might be a full-on rebuild for the Saints this year. Man, we got we to gotta see that. Well, one team that is certainly rebuilding is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had the number one overall pick. They selected Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Looked decent in his – in his preseason debut, his yeah. NFL debut, we'll wait till week one. He'll probably be the starter. I'm sure he will be. Uh, but that's not the story. The story coming out of Jacksonville is 34-year-old, first-ever tight end, Tim Tebow, was cut. He went viral on two plays where I don't want to be – I've never played football, yeah. so I never put on pads, helmet, any of that, so I'm not going to say anything bad, but it was a whiff. Yeah, you've watched enough to know what a block is supposed to look like. And it was not that. No. And it was not that. It kind of looked like he had never played the position before. Yep. Well, so how, he, he, how weird. He was cut by Jacksonville, so give me your thoughts on that. I mean, look, I understand. I was not one of the ones who was piling on Jacksonville for signing him. We see this sort of thing all the time. How often do we see, like, oh, this so-and-so rugby player was signed to someone's uh, training camp squad to see if he can make it. This guy was a wrestler in Bulgaria somewhere, whatever. (laughs) And let's try him out as a fullback. These sort of things happen. The the reason why there was such a stigma against it is because it was Tim Tebow. Yeah. And because of everything that comes with him. People think that he's going to be a distraction or that he's going to try to take over the locker room, which to his credit, over the offseason through all of this, he didn't do any of that. I think he had one or two media sessions, if even that. So he played under the radar for, uh, for the most part. Uh, there's nothing wrong with giving someone a chance, giving them an opportunity. I don't think he was stealing a spot on a roster from anybody else. He he was battling to be like the 60th man yes. at, at best. Yes. And most of us felt he wasn't going to make it anyway. Yeah. Urban Meyer was never going to keep him on the roster unless he earned a spot because Urban is a first-year head coach. He doesn't have NFL credibility. He's never even been an assistant at the NFL level. Yep. He would lose the locker room just like that if Tim Tebow made it past the first round of cuts seeing what everybody saw. Because so, the players see him in practice every day. We saw him for a couple of plays. Yeah. So, so that, they, you can't fool the players. That, that was my biggest thing was once it went viral and he started, not trending, but that clip started to trend, my question was, because he was in with the third string. Yeah. Now, if I'm watching that and it's the third string tight end for Jacksonville, am I really noticing that he whipped on two blocks? Absolutely not. No one would care. Like, no one would care. But yeah. since it's Tim Tebow, he kind of had a target on his back to begin he with. He did, yeah. So... I, 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 again, I think there are a lot of people who jumped on his back and were like, oh, it's Urban. He's trying to get control of the locker room, this and that. Like, how is he going to take away from a spot from an actual tight end who could actually make it? I get all that. Long story short, it's Jacksonville. Yeah, like, and honestly, he's doing a favor for someone who helped make him who he is. Yes. Because without Tebow, Urban Meyer is not Urban Meyer. Yes, you know what I mean? that's very true. So it's like, you know what? You want to give another shot? He will sign you as a tight end, see what you can do. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So, also, just a prediction for me. Tim Tebow, UFC fighter. <laughs> I he's I just don't see it. NFL That's, quarterback. Yeah. Triple A. Did he make it to Triple A baseball? Oh, I think he made it to Double A. The Mets were getting ready to call him up, and they didn't do it. Oh, even though he hadn't earned his way up. Publicity. Publicity stuff. Uh, yeah. Double A baseball player. Yeah. Uh, tried out for a tight end, NFL tight end, UFC. Yeah, televangelist, which he actually still is. Uh, and uh, fight for the Lord. Is that, is that what I said? Fight for the Lord. <laughs> Just come out there, and then you could just, like, your slogan is just, like, through Christ, all things are possible. Boom! That's your entrance into the the octagon. Come on. He walks in to hallelujah. Like, does Dana White say no? Oh, absolutely not. Dana White's trying to make money. Dana White's a businessman. If he comes to me, first of all, all these Paul brothers and all these Instagram people, yeah, I'll get Tim Tebow. Why not? So, I'm telling you. From a payday standpoint, (laughs) sure. Think about if you had 
first fight ever for Tim Tebow. It's Tim Tebow versus Conor McGregor. It's Saint versus Center. Boom. The marketing rights itself. I'm telling you, Dana White, get on this. I'm telling you. You probably have to find somebody from like the, the Church of Satan or something to have him fight. Then we're, now we're talking. Now we're talking about worlds colliding. Hey, this will this will determine the fate of the universe right here. Oh my god! You know, the, the pro, one of God's prophets, Tim Tebow, versus one of the devil's muses, one of his one of his minions. And you put on Easter Sunday. Put me in marketing. I like it. I like put it. I like the marketing. way you think. Hey, we're both going to hell after this podcast. Whoa, so, whoa, uh, sir, like, sir, I'll be okay. <laughs> Will you? <laughs> Let's hope so. Uh, but I do want to stick with training camp. Yeah. Uh, Dan Campbell, the man who says that the new Detroit Lions head coach who said he's going to eat kneecaps. Bite off the kneecaps. Yeah, That's his, right. His team's going to bite off kneecaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cut his longtime long snapper, Don Mulback, after 17 seasons on his 40th birthday. That's messed up. That's like one of the most messed up things you could ever. For, if you were going to cut him on his 40th birthday, I'm sure you knew the day before yep. you were going to cut him. You couldn't wait an extra day? Yeah. Or exactly. do it the day before or do it the week before? Yeah. It's like like I work with a former NFL quarterback, Rodney Pete. So we talked about this on his show. And he told me if it's a 40-year-old long snapper, basically three weeks into training camp, four weeks into training camp, I'm pretty sure you knew well before now that you were going to cut him loose. So you probably could you could have told him before camp even started. Look, man, it ain't gonna work for you. Yeah. Maybe you should just retire, or we'll cut you loose, give you a couple of shekels, and go about your way. But that's as embarrassing as it gets. And the worst part about it is what he said after he got cut. After they cut him, the media asked him about why would you cut him on his birthday. He was like, "Oh, I'm just an asshole." So here, that that was Dan Campbell's exact quote. And, and you know what? And I think other players are gonna respond to that because if he's been there for first of all. You know, as a former Charger fan, David, David Ben was there forever. 25 years. Like, yeah. He was on the, the 1994 team that went to Super Bowl. Like, he was on the 06, 14, and When did he retire? Like, 2009 or something? It was, it was yeah. So, two, like, two, 25 years from 94. He was there forever. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Forever. So, if you've been on the Detroit Lions for 17 seasons, yeah. that should say a lot about your character. Right. The, like, your mental strength. Because you mm-hmm. know that. 0-16. Yeah. He was on an 0-16, t- like, season. Yeah, a lot of losing. A lot Hell of, of a lot of losing. And for a first-year coach of the Lions to come in and be like, oh, we're going to cut you and on your birthday, like, that's, that's as messed up as it gets. That's messed yeah. up. And the thing that he could have done was, like, he could have told him, like, hey, we're going to cut you. Mm-hmm. However, since you've been so loyal to this, well, I don't know how much long snappers are getting free agency phone calls, but yeah. for as long as you've been with this, we're going to send you out right. And the league might not know who you are, but we know who you are. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to find your replacement. We'll find someone else. On the last day of cuts, we're going to let you go. Mm-hmm. But we'll at least let you, like, play in a couple more preseason games and do something like that. Like, send you right. off right. And I just thought. Or have an appreciation day, even at one of the preseason games. If you cut them, cut him today or the next day. And then have, like, his whole appreciation night during one of your home preseason games before the season okay. starts. I'm trying to think because te- like, I want you to test my Detroit Lions knowledge. Okay. So he was there during Jim Schwartz. Yes. There during uh, Jim Caldwell. Yeah, absolutely. Then you got Matt Patricia. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that's like again, that's like that's a lot of personalities. It is as a like from he was there for Marianelli for the 0 16, as you mentioned. Oh, so that's he was there for Mariucci, and we were talking 17 years, right? Yeah. So that's so that's what 20 2007. Yeah. Well, not 2005. 2000, yeah, 2008, 2009. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that's good. It's a long time. 
That's oh, a long okay. time and a lot of losing. Okay. To be basically discarded like a piece of trash. I mean, I understand the long snapper position is not one of the most coveted positions. But, but it's, it's a very important position. Anybody who's played in the league will tell you that. It's but. important and it's long, it's longevity. Yeah. It's a lot of guys. Of most of position. those guys play 15, 16 years. That's messed up. So Dan Campbell, I get you on a bite kneecaps and you love telling stories about the iced coffee you drink and you worked at the Chicken Shack, but... Not a cool move, man. This is about the biggest a-hole move you can make. Yeah, not a cool move. No. Not a cool move. Uh, I do want to switch to basketball, though, because we had some stuff happen where Kevin Durant and Draymond Green, former teammates uh, and two-time champs of the Golden State Warriors, sat down on Draymond's new show on Bleacher Report called Chips, and they basically discussed uh, what it was like when they had an incident against the Clippers and what it was like for Kevin Durant being a free agent and not telling and just the drama that happened within that championship locker room dynamic and how Kevin Durant left to go to Brooklyn. Everything, like when I watch this, I watched the full 24 minutes. It seems like both guys were apologizing, but never taking like responsibility. Sounds about right. It was like the, the incident that's like stood out in my mind was when allegedly Draymond called Kevin Durant out his name very disrespectfully. And then for uh, Kevin Durant to be like, I'm just trying to play basketball. Mm-hmm. And then for the other Golden State Warriors to gang up on him, perceived gang yeah, up on Kevin Durant and being yeah. like, hey, look, we know you're a free agent. What, like, what, what are you, are you doing? doing? Where yeah. are you going? What are you doing? Like, which is fair. Which is know? fair. And for both of those men to be like, oh, I could have done this. I could have done this. But never saying, like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I don't think they ever said that. No, what they, they put the blame on Bob Myers and, and Steve, Steve Kerr. Kerr. Yeah, yeah. It was like, first of all, so the part that I don't fully understand is, where Draymond Green says, all right, this is an issue between me and KD. I'll get it to a certain degree. Why did you suspend me when there was a problem between the two of us? But even then, so for him to say, this is an issue between the two of us, you guys stay out of it. But then on the other side, say, well, there are a reason why Kevin left. Yeah. Well, if it was between the two of y'all and y'all could have squashed you, why couldn't Kevin have stayed? Exactly. I don't understand. That's contradictory statements to me. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. And then I, there's another part within the interview, which I, if you guys have 30 minutes, it's 24 minutes, I definitely highly suggest listening to it where Draymond was kind of saying, we didn't feel like you were locked in or we didn't feel that you were like communicating the best you could. Mm-hmm. And Durant was like, I was locked in the best I could be focusing on my game. That's why I played 76 games and try to come back during the finals. And, you know, we were trying to get a three-peat and all that. But you understand how selfish that sounds it's for me not- to say I was locked in on my game. Yes. You know? It sounds selfish, but one, it made him a way better scorer. I mean- and if you're looking at it like you guys need that like extra score, that's number one. And then number two, for me, he also referenced the last dance. We mm-hmm. had this open, right. honest communication. Right. We're talking about why Scottie Pippen didn't go back into the game mm-hmm. and Tony Kukoc tried to take the game. The last win- shot. The last shot and hits the game winner. But in the locker room, was saying, Mount, like, Sky, that's messed up. How can you not do that? And it, I think it speaks volumes to how hard it is to take so much talent and manage egos. Yeah, and that's At the, the, at the very part. same time. As we're questioning this, and as this story continues to make its round around the media, what like where could this team have gone? Like with the last dance, like that was Scottie Pippen's team because Jordan had just retired. Mm-hmm. He just like took a step away from basketball, and Scottie's like, "This is my team. Draw a play up for me to take the last shot mm-hmm. because I've been watching Michael take the last shot, right. and then you let this rookie take the last shot. Like, what's going on here?" Right. But with Kevin Durant saying like. That was our first time having one of those instances where we had like went after each other. Right. To me, it kind of speaks to the lack of mental strength or lack of like bond brotherhood 
where it's like, okay, that was your first running with each other, and y'all could never get you couldn't past fix, that. Yeah, you couldn't fix it? Yeah. That happens in a locker room with teammates. You know, yeah. it happens all the time. Guys, buttheads. There have been instances that have happened in locker rooms that we'll never find out about. Exactly. With two guys who you think are the best of friends or whatever. And even if they're not best of friends, they can coexist as teammates because they know they help each other. Exactly. You know, and so how they were not able to get by, get past that, tells you I think they're both emotionally sensitive. I don't think I'm talking out of school or being um, – I, mean, yeah, I don't say that pejoratively. I'm yeah. no. I'm not. I think. I think they will probably both. The fact that Kevin Durant has how many burner accounts? Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, Draymond Green is the first person to respond to any sort of criticism that he receives from somebody. Yeah. You know, these guys are thin skinned That's so you get two of those guys who are as thin skinned as they are, who are as opinionated as they are, in the same place at the same time when they both have issues. That's a recipe for an issue for for a disaster. I don't know how much Steve Kerr could have done as a head coach or Bob Myers. There's only so much. We talk about Phil Jackson being a Zen master at a certain point. Shaq got traded. Right. Shaq and Kobe said, it's either him or me. And Phil was right there. And Dr. Buss couldn't convince him. Like, at a certain point, guys are going to make up their minds. Don't hold that against other people because you two are grown men. Yeah. You know, that's between the two of you. And I thought it was interesting that he brought up the last dance because when you look at it, that whole team was changing. Yeah. Like, again, the 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 example he brought with Scotty and Coach was in 95. Correct. When Jordan wasn't there. But that team still went on to like that, not that particular team, but that Bulls team was able to come back with Jordan, right. win three more, mm-hmm. and then the last dance was '98. Correct. So my question is, oh well, was this was that argument the reason for the Warriors' breakup? But it's like, wh- it shouldn't wh- have been. It shouldn't have been because it didn't have to be. That, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah. I don't get it. Like you guys are acknowledging that you both were wrong. You both could have moved forward with it. You blame the organization. Even though, as you said, you both could have squashed it. Yeah. But where could this team have been? And you guys are still young. Like, right. Oh, they could have. They could. Some people already think they're the best team of all time. Right. They could have extended that even more and turned themselves into a dynasty. Yeah. You know, and it's it's kind of a shame. I personally, just in my personal opinion, I'm glad they did break up because I just thought it was ridiculous that Kevin Durant joined the team with the best <laughs> record ever. But anyway, um, it's unfortunate because they could have had something. They had something special, and they could have continued it, and they let something so petty tear it apart the bull with the bull situation there were so many things happening so many factors yeah michael was retiring uh jerry Krause and phil jackson their relationship had just come to an end phil jackson was not coming back at that point in time and they all knew that so there was a combination of reasons as to why that team almost had to break up that wasn't the case for golden state they could have kept this thing going and even with clay let's just say kevin durant would have had his injury sat out a year and came back with golden state this past year they could have been right back in the finals mix, even without Klay Thompson, if he's there with Steph. Because look, Steph had one of the best years of his career last year. I think he had the be- I think he had the best season of his career, considering what he didn't have to work with. Wins the scoring title. Yeah, so, it was amazing. Uh, that was his best individual performance. Imagine if he's doing that with KD next to him. So this, it, it's interesting to me because I would love to see the Warriors, who again have again they're the biggest question mark to me. Because yep. is Clay healthy? Can Steph do it again? Right. Draymond coming off, you know, his Olympic run right shortened off season you still got andrew wiggins you still had the former number two overall picking james wiseman you get yeah, the other two young kids in here two young and can we just talk real quick about the best nickname i've heard in a while did you see this no what is it jonathan kaminga what is it <laughs> jonathan kaminga uh was in summer league he was playing really well and like man this guy is a bucket he's the cum bucket that is not as I with nope. the K. No, no, no. It was no. printed on Twitter, figs. 
it was trending on Twitter. Did anybody ask him about that nickname? I don't know that, <laughs> but the cum bucket was trending on Twitter, and I could not stop laughing. And come on, I mean, he's a bucket. <laughs> I mean, yes, but but I. <laughs> Something tells me they're not going to make t-shirts out of that one. You know what I mean? You, hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> At least not with his endorsement. Okay. Not with his endorsement. That's true. Not with his or the NBA. <laughs> but Say, I, I wouldn't want to be known as the cum bucket. Let's put it that way. <laughs> hey, I'm just going to leave that one alone like for now. Fans, yeah, let's, let's table that one to the OnlyFans discussion. <laughs> yeah. But I will say this. The Warriors are a big question mark. Yeah. And it would be great to see them in the finals against the Nets. It's either going to be Lakers, Nets, or Warriors, Nets. Because if that happens... Ratings are going to be just through the roof for the NBA. And I don't think that's unlikely. If Klay Thompson comes back to be the player that he had been in the past, and Draymond Green is back in his role as a third fiddle, and I try, we saw what he can do when he's by himself, (laughs) or what he can't do. What what did Charles Barkley call him? Triple single? Triple single. But I (laughs) want to see the reason why they can't be back in the mix. I want to see what Andrew Wiggins can do. Like, I mean, number one overall pick, former overall pick. I kind of feel like at this point he is what he is, though, too, which is not a bad player. It's not, but can you give me 12 and 10? Yeah. That's too much. Can you give me 12 points? Can you give me 14 and 6? There we go. Boom. Perfect. Can you give me that? Yeah. And maybe like three assists. Like three and a half assists per game. He's not turned out to the be the player that I think most of us thought he would be. No, that's, uh, that's not facts. even close. But no. he's turned into a productive player, which is more than I can say for guys like Anthony Bennett, who are not even in the league anymore. That's true. So, so at least there's that. Yeah. But yeah, I think in the West you got the Lakers and you got Golden State. The Clippers with Kawhi Leonard likely out for the entire season. Denver with Jamal Murray probably out for the entire season. Right. Can the Suns do it again? Yeah, the Suns will be good. But what do if the, the Jazz look like? Yeah, the Lakers are healthy. I really don't see the Jazz or the Suns posing much of a threat to them. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Like this. this Luca take that next step. Yeah, uh, San Antonio has been off for a couple couple years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston, who like there? No, who knows? Sacramento, who knows? But uh, no, Sacramento got us. They got their championship already. Yeah, summer they league back to back, right? They're back to back summer Ooh, league titles. Good, which good for you, Sacramento. Which they're with all of their uh, social media accounts, like made sure to blast out to everybody and let them know that they won summer league titles. You want to know how you don't win very much? Well, you have to tell everybody that you won the summer league. Hey. Put it in the Raptors, That's Zach, right. right now. Yeah. Put it in the Raptors so everyone can see those back-to-back Summer League titles. Um, but I do want to get to this story. There was an ESPN off-season survey that surveyed 10 NBA scouts and executives uh, throughout the league. And they do this every year where it's like who's like teams they think are most likely going to be in the finals, uh, front runner for MVP. And there was a question of like best player in the NBA. And LeBron James got zero votes. Yep. He then went to Twitter multiple times uh, saying how, like, zero, I can't believe this. And he also tweeted out, thank you, as if I didn't need any more gasoline mm-hmm. pump, gasoline yep. to pump me, hashtag washed king. Uh, is he is he reading too much into this? Is, is Like, he's saying that he's going to get uh, more pump for this. But it's LeBron James. Like, he comes to the season like a professional. He's come off an injury. Right. I mean, look, for, he's doing what LeBron always does. He's one of the kings of social media and reacting to everything that he sees. Um, I would like to be able to say that it's kind of petty and beneath him. But I kind of like it. It gives us fodder to talk about. So it works for me. If they're answering the question as to whether or not he actually is the best player at this point, probably not. Kevin Durant's probably passed him. Uh, this past season or possibly the year before. But that doesn't mean he's not a great player. Yeah. Look, you can argue he was trending towards being the MVP of the league before he got hurt. Yep. So he's still in the discussion, but would I be offended? Now, obviously I'm not him, so put yourself in his shoes. He feels he's still one of the best and injuries derailed him. Oh, no, 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 not one of the best. He probably the best. like the yes, best. Yes, the best. 
But personally, and speaking from the perspective of a Laker fan, do I think he's still the best player in the league? No. Same. But I'm not offended by that. He's still top five. Yeah. You know? He's still he's still LeBron James. He still so, controls everything, like control the tempo of a game. Yeah. Still a, a force inside. And tell me if I'm wrong on this fact. Out of all the Lakers last year, he was the only Laker to make over 100 threes. I believe so. In the season. Right. So right. His, his outside game, which he had always been – blasted about is improved. He actually improved on as he's going into what year 18 yeah 37 years old he'll be. and still and by you. the way with that i think he still averaged 26 points seven rebounds seven assists and shot 51 percent from the field as a 37 year old 36 year old it's funny how we like we brought michael jordan the last dance and i took that personal yeah this feels this is, like i took that personal moment. yeah as if lebron needed any other reason to be motivated other than the fact that his team got embarrassed in the first round you yeah. know the playoffs with him on the court by the way like i know ad got hurt but LeBron was still out there. Granted, not 100%, but he was still out there. Oh, 80 and the, wasn't 100%? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> when, yeah, exactly. When does that ever happen? And, like, the visual of LeBron walking off the court when they're get, losing by 30 in Phoenix with five minutes left. Yeah, that, you was, know, that, that was, was a bad, bad look. Yeah. But, and I think he recognizes all of that. We know he stole all this stuff away. He has, the, he has the memory, one of the best memories of all time. Yeah. So, look, if he needs the extra motivation, take it. If you're a Laker fan, you'll take it. Yeah. Whatever it means for him to come out. And be inspired. Again, he never hasn't been. It's not like he's ever not been inspired to play. But, you know, we talk about it all the time. Michael Jordan had to invent reasons to get himself jazzed up. Exactly. And talk about the fact that he was cut from a, from his uh, varsity, varsity basketball team, team yeah, when he was, was a freshman. freshman. Come on. Like, Left that part out. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, when you get to that, I feel like that's just Tom Brady has to invent ways to get up. It's like, well, you've won that many Super Bowls. you got to find something to motivate you. Because at, at that point... It's very easy for us to sit back and say, oh, I got three. I'm cool. I feel like with Tom Brady inventing things, it's more like his trainer, Alex Guerrero. Uh, well, hey, there's that. But I'm just method. saying. I'm not yeah. saying, but I'm saying. It's the TB12 uh, method, brother. What are you talking about? Okay. Let's yeah. have some investigations. Yeah, it's just FBA, a, you eat avocado ice cream, and <laughs> that's, that's, that's all it is. Uh, that's interesting, Do though. some Pilates. <laughs> I do want to stay in the city of Los Angeles, though. Uh, growing up in the city of L.A., we have definitely heard people refer to the Dodgers as Los Doyers, mm -hmm. and at first it was a joke right. because I think we have so many people of Latin descent in Correct. our city, uh, and when they try to pronounce the Dodgers, it came out as Los Doyers, mm -hmm. and at first it was kind of making fun of or mocking, but then it became such a big thing where you had that huge Latin community, Mexican community, making Los Doyers into t-shirts, yeah. and now the LA Dodgers come out with their City Connect uniforms, and they put Los Dodgers. Right. And there's a lot of people, a lot of Dodger fans, who feel like they missed an opportunity to finally embrace Los Doyers. Yeah. So Nike is the one who is making the jerseys. Yep. I believe the trademark for Los Doyers is actually owned by the Dodgers. It is. It but is. do you think, Figs, that this was a missed opportunity for the Dodgers? Not necessarily. I understand what the Dodgers are doing. They've never embraced the Los Doyer name. This is. So, I don't know if it's been publicly known. But this is very much the truth that they just – their brand is Dodgers. Like, we look at the NBA when they would have all of – they would have Mexican Heritage Month and they'd have all the different teams. They'd be Los Lakers. Yes. They'd be El Heat. Yes. You know, but you're not changing the name of the team. You're not changing the pronunciation or accent. Correct. And I think – To make it seem like you're making fun of. Yes, and I think that's – the Dodgers want to be taken seriously. They want the Dodger brand to be out there. And I understand someone who would want to embrace that because it's like, oh, you're actually embracing – uh, the fan base who may come from a different heritage, and this is their way of expressing their love back to you. Right. We know this is how you pronounce it, 
Uh, it's it's a that's it's nice and it's fun, but yeah. we don't want our brand to be to tarnished. Be, to, yeah, and tarnished might be a strong word, but it's yeah. you, but I know what you mean. You yeah. know, our brand name shouldn't be changed. We are Dodgers. Put what you want before it, but it's always going to be the Dodgers. So it's interesting because you play in a stadium that's in Chavez Ravine. Yep. Your most popular drink is a michelada. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure you got some bacon wrapped hot dogs somewhere oh, yeah, in they that do. stadium. Yeah. So for me, it's like. You can embrace the Latino culture, which is a huge part which of Dodgers fandom. They have done yes. in other ways. Yes. Absolutely. Mexican Heritage Night was just the other night, as a matter of fact. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, they, they do it all the time. Fernando Valenzuela as well celebrated, obviously, oh, yeah. one of the Mexican superstars of all time in all the sports. Yeah. So they do embrace the heritage, just not like that. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think, look, if you're the Dodgers, if you're Nike, you would have made so much money. By it's, going to Los Doyers. But I get it's it's corporate. You don't really want to turn into it because when I first heard I was like, oh, you're kinda like mocking people who have an accent. Yeah, and, and I think that's how they initially took it. Yeah. You know, I know it's kind of had a groundswell of support and the tide has turned a little bit on that, but I still think they view it that way. So as if and it could be one of those as if to not offend anybody, we'll just keep it, you know, a hundred percent across the board. The Dodgers. Yeah. But in Spanish. Yes. Los Dodgers. Yes. Okay. That's all it is. I can get with that. Uh, Figs, before we get out of here, I was at work, and for anyone who knows me, I go on Twitter. Like, I'm, I'm connected. Yep. Like, I just love Twitter. love to tweet. And uh, this story, I read it. I didn't think much about it. Are you sure you read it? You sure you didn't notice it when you logged into your account? Whoa, whoa, <laughs> sir. 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 Do not have an account. <laughs> but I, I found it interesting that a lot of people were, were tweeting about OnlyFans is removing adult content. Yep pornography right by october 1st and i think this is such a big deal because no i've never had an account no i've never signed up but during the pandemic only fans came out of nowhere right and for those of you who are unfamiliar it was a place where people who wanted to share a little bit more of themselves could do so doesn't didn't necessarily have to be adult themed by That's the way true. That's people true. cook and have advice and all kinds of other things people were doing like taxes on absolutely there, yeah and you charge your viewers a, a, a certain set price, amount. and then you get that money. And people were making a lot of money, yeah. but a lot of the top earners were sex workers Absolutely. and all that stuff. So I, that's 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 all it is. But figs, tell me what you think about all this, like being removed. Well, it's interesting because I mean, this is pretty much what their empire was built on. Yes, you know, I think they said their users have made about six billion dollars since they started, and they've only been around for a couple of years now. Um, but the problem is when they're trying to get more investing and trying to make more money. A lot of companies, reputable companies, don't want to attach themselves to a essentially a pseudo porn site. Yes. Yeah. So getting deals with banks who are willing to, you know, when you click on PayPal or click Pay Bank of America or MasterCard, those sites have to cut deals with those institutions for that to happen. And a lot of those institutions, for whatever reason, don't want to be, well, I know what the reason is, don't want to be associated <laughs> yeah. with, these, with these companies, you know? So for them, they thought the best way to increase our market value is to try to look. They still said in their statement, you can still put adult content on there, but you just can't go extra aggressive. You can't essentially put porn on there. Gotcha. Is what it okay. is. You can have adult content, you can have nudity, but you can't have porn. It's that's essentially what they said. It's interesting to me because when I look at it, the whole the whole narrative has changed around what you get away with and how you can monetize that in mm-hmm. terms of not just pornography, but I think beauty as well. So when I look at someone like a Tyra Banks or a Cindy Crawford or a traditional runway model, 
like how much they had to go through right. to become a supermodel. Not right. just a model, a but a supermodel. Yeah. Then that has changed over the course of our lifetime where it went from like, okay, I'm going to be a runway supermodel doing print ads to I'm going to be a video vixen. Right. I'm going to be in like these video uh, music videos. Then it went from that to I'm going to jump on Instagram mm-hmm. and post my own you know, scandalous pictures and hope that a sponsor sees me and says, do you want to endorse? Get, get a whole bunch of likes. Yeah. And then next, thing you know, Prada is like, Hey, why don't you wear these sunglasses? Right. As you sit there topless in the Mediterranean. Right. And then that's how they made money. And then it went to only, only fans. fans. It was like the way that we're subjecting females body to make money for our sexual pleasure. Right. Has it's gotten changed. worse. It's gotten worse. You <laughs> yeah. went from like, Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue to straight up like I'll pay you to see yeah. me naked. Give me a dollar ninety nine and you can see whatever you want. Exactly, and it's, it's just crazy to me. Yeah, it's like the the Catch Me Outside girl, whatever yes. her name is. I, uh, I do not know her whatever name. her name is. She has a rap name too. Anyway, went from just being a viral making fun of Dr. Phil to now with the, I think day one when she signed up for OnlyFans, she got like a million followers or subscribers she, on day one. She got, I think she got like a million dollars in six hours or something crazy like that. I think it's before she even posted anything, yeah, possibly. Yeah, just people that's, subscribing for her content. That's insane. In anticipation of her content. Right. And she had just turned 18, I think, at that point yeah. in time when she signed up for it. So, it's like... <laughs> On the one hand, it's like, okay, like... It's almost like get your money, I guess, if people are willing to pay for it. I mean, if you don't have a problem with it, but it's your life. Are, but you, are you turning these women into business women? It's like, hey, like, look, that's your body. You worked hard what on you it. Want. Or yeah. you paid for it, BBL, you know? And then yeah. now it's like you're making money, but there's also more that goes into it. And we all said, like, I think we all said, like, well, if you're an Instagram model, quote, unquote, mm-hmm. and Instagram goes down... Boom. You're done. There, there's your career. And I right. feel like with a lot of these women who made a lot of money reportedly during the pandemic, because so many men were at home and yep. couldn't go out to the bars and do all that type of stuff. Or we're just tired of their wife. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and wanted to sign up for this. And it's like, oh, she makes a lot of money on OnlyFans. But now it's like, it's going away. Right. Which I think might be a great metaphor for your body's not always going to be there. Exactly. Kind of Absolutely. Yeah. Everything everything has a uh, has a clock. You know, everything has a ticking clock to it. The thing is, too, some of these IG models like transcend. You go back to the video vixens. Wasn't Vita Guerra? Didn't she end up like in a couple of movies? Yeah. She after after did. she was just she was in Chappelle's show for a second. Yeah. Then went to a couple of movies. There was the woman, Uncut Gems, the the oh, love interest yes. of uh, Adam Sandler. Yeah. Wasn't she an IG model? She was. Yes. I mean, I'm looking at like someone like Amber Rose. Yeah. Like before IG, she gets really right. big. She takes it and she, you know, brands the slut walk. Right. Trying to, like, have female women empowerment. Oh, go so, further back to Kim Kardashian. Her sex tape launched the entire empire of what boom, the... Boom. The, keeping up with the Kardashians. So I, it's just, I think there's a lot of women who look at it like, oh, I can, like, make some quick money off of this and hopefully turn that into something. Which, yeah, that's one thing. But at the same time, like, yeah, well, once you put something on the internet... It True. doesn't go away. There's it's that. There forever. And then there's also like the mob thing where it's like, oh, I'm just getting in to get myself out of some debts or maybe to make some money for my family. And then it's all of a sudden, you know, you get you get knee deep into it and you can't get out. It's like the, you lose your kneecaps. The, yeah, the money's too good. Dan Campbell, bitch, you need yeah. <laughs> It's like I got into this to make a few bucks. It's like, oh, snap, I made 10 grand this week. I made 20 grand this this the next week. I made 80 grand this month. How much more can I make? And before you know it, you're sucked into the rabbit hole. OK, so let me ask you this. Before we get out of here, what about this idea? All right. Okay. So OnlyFans. Again, I don't know how it works, but that content that they're going to get rid of, mm-hmm. they're going to delete it, right? I'm, I'm, assuming. I'm assuming. I don't know if there's like a, you can leave what you have on there. That, that's what I'm I don't asking. That much, I, I, don't, I, have, I didn't look that is, deeply. Is there like a purge button? Like, I don't yeah. know. However, OnlyFans, if you're listening, NFTs, 
Huh, yeah. You hold on to those clips and make them NFTs. Make yeah. them NFTs, and then you tell those men, women, <laughs> people who are on OnlyFans, you tell them like, "Look, we're gonna do this auctioneer style, eBay style. Who wants this one clip yeah. of the woman putting salt on her toes? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, like whatever. Who wants a photo of a cum bucket? Yes, you know, like, yeah. It's like, like, just Jonathan Kaminga yeah. smiling. <laughs> like, who wants this? Oh, starting bid a hundred thousand dollars. That will be really smart. That'd be very smart. I got ideas, man. Because there's enough, ideas. there's enough dudes or ladies, whoever out there yeah. who will be willing to give up a pretty penny to see whoever doing whatever for and all then, of time and then hold it forever. And yeah. that's that's the scary part. Well, figs, we're gonna get out of here. Yeah. By the way, you can get all this stuff for free too. I mean, <laughs> if you know where to look. If you want to pay money, if there's a certain person you want to see, that's fine. But it just doesn't seem like the best investment. But what do I know? Hey, I'm going to hang out with my boy, Tim Tebow, the saint. Oh, there, of course okay. you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing all night Bible study. All night. That's, that's what Curtis is on a, a Saturday night. Hey, yeah. what do you think I'm doing after this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, before we get out of here, I want to make sure you guys all know where to find us. You can find the Eros podcast. That's mm -hmm. T-H-E-E-R-O-S podcast. All one word, all lowercase. That's on Twitter and on Instagram and on TikTok. You can find me at Chilling with Curtis. That's Chilling with no G. Chilling with Curtis, all lowercase on Instagram and at Curtis Sheehan on Twitter. Figs, where can they find you? At KFig1 on Twitter. That's K-F-I-G-G -G number one. And then at KFig on Instagram. Perfect. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you subscribe and we will talk to you guys soon. Peace out.